Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reuse hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. All right, let's get it going right here and right now. This is Eyes Up Here, and you're listening to a brand new Eyes Up Here exclusively on our Patreon channel and also simulcast on the Creative Control Network. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here by the host of the show, the bespeckled one, the queen of extreme, Francine. Queen, you have four eyes today instead of two. They they are new. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I have been getting the worst headaches headaches on Fridays when we when we film because I'm sitting in front of a computer all day long and my other glasses are I'm nearsighted so they're for distance right and I went to the eye doctor a couple weeks ago and I told them I said every time I wear my glasses I get really dizzy uh looking at the computer screen but if I don't wear anything I still get dizzy and I get really bad headaches right these are called computer glasses so oh. I had two options. I could either get a new prescription with my other ones and have three. They were bifocals, but they were three different things. You can have reading, which I don't need reading glasses, um, regular for distance, and then for the computer. So it was three levels. And I told them, I don't need reading. I can see up close, no problem right now. I'm not there yet. And they said, well, then you need computer glasses. So these I only wear when I am in front of a computer screen. Or I guess you can wear them in front of your iPad. Do they have that, like, blue tint to them or something? There's those, like, blue something glasses. They were recommending them for the kids for the virtual learning. Yes, I I saw Calm Optic or something. Yeah, something Um, like that. I I looked it up, but I, I don't know how effective that is. You can get an extra tint on these. But here's the kicker. With my insurance, these were, excuse me, $37, $38. The extra coating was $85. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I said, listen, I only wear them on Fridays. I don't really think I need an extra coating. So I didn't, I cheaped out and I didn't get the extra. But this is the first time I'm ever wearing them. Oh, Um, they look good. Well, thanks. And I'm hoping that the uh, headaches go away and it helps me. So, yes, I am. 
I'm libraried out, librarian. <laughs> They're librarian quite reflective. Francine. They're like my sunglasses well, on the top. Because <laughs> I have my ring, my light ring <laughs> yeah. here. And I know. Let me try and move that back a little. That's yeah, don't worry. It's all good. I, I did, uh, I want to say like two or three weeks ago, I recorded the Triple Threat podcast at like 1130 at night. Okay, Ugh, so I mean, I'm half dead. Me and me and Shane literally looked like we were about to like keel over. So I had to put my glasses on, right? But I have very thick, thick lenses because my eyes are the shits. They are just they're useless. It was so you couldn't even see I had eyeballs. My glasses Aww. are so thick, and the way the light was reflecting off of them, I looked like like I was like Max Headroom style. Like uh, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> like see. The, um- Coke bottle. Yeah, yes. you couldn't you couldn't see you couldn't see what was underneath there. I could have been like this the whole time, like on like were. drugs. <laughs> probably were like, oh my god, get me out of here. I was like, dear God, I'm ready to keel over and go to sleep. Yeah, that's, uh, that that's how it was. But so yeah. um, we got some bad news in my family this week as well. Uh, my sister has COVID. Oh, um, and she's older, which okay. freaks me out. She's I think sixty. She'll be sixty eight. I think. Um, and she called me yesterday and told me, uh, we're not telling my mom cause my mom will flip out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, she was supposed to actually come over. Now we haven't seen anybody in my family since Christmas time. My brother came over once and stayed outside on my porch and talked to us through the door. <laughs> um, that so. was it. Because, yeah. Cause we're, cause my mom, we're just mm-hmm. freaking out. No, I my understand. sister, my sister called me and she was like, I want to come over and, and, um, visit mommy because we you know december so i was like okay then she tells me um uh before the weekend came she called me and said well a lady in work uh her husband has uh corona and he's in the hospital with pneumonia and he's in icu oh boy so i was like holy moly okay so she's like i don't want to come so i was like yeah i don't think you should come you know so here the wife got it apparently she works with my sister. She gave it to my sister. So now everybody in the, over there needs to be tested. So they're all getting tested. And I was just like, you stay, <laughs> stay where you are. And, um, but it's, it's scary. You know, I know things are better with it now. They have more information and stuff, but still like I, I'm nervous for them because I, you know, I just don't want anybody to be sick. Yeah, that's wow. That's quite the story. I'm uh, sorry to hear that, but it's yeah. I, I'm just. I thank God that she did not. She found the information out before she came to my house. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine that? that? That's that all you need. <laughs> that's like, all you need. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah. So I mean, I talked to her. So far, she just lost her sense of smell and taste, but she says she feels okay. Um, you know, and then, you know, President Trump and Melania have it I was, now. I woke up this morning to that. Yeah. that was, my phone blew up. Unbelievable. So hopefully, I mean, it's, you know, the people are still getting it, but I think it's, the yeah. consequences are it, less. Exactly. And I think this is almost um, going to be really our future. And I don't care about vaccines or whatever. People are still going to get it. And whether or not they got the vaccine for it or not, you know, uh, I'm sure there's still going to be ways to contract it. So it's just going to be one of these things we just have to be cognizant of going forward, but we cannot still continue to have our lives shut down in the way that they are because people, I mean, if the president is going to get it and the first lady gets it, but the vice president tested negative, the vice president's wife tested negative, the secretary of the treasury tested negative and all these other people did. It's just one of these things. You're either going to catch it or you're not, or you're going to catch it eventually 
and we're all going to have it. I <laughs> you don't know, want it's, it. It's no, one of those things, but everybody's it. body treats it differently. That's, that's yeah. the remarkable part of it is you might have had it and never knew it. Right. It's I mean, true. I could have, we still suspect from going back to last year, Christmas time, we were in New Jersey and my, my little, my youngest daughter got the worst sick she has ever gotten in her life. And uh, they said that she was, she had the flu B. Okay. The flu was a little wonky last year. Then my older daughter got it and they were sick for almost three weeks to Ugh. the point where we thought they may have pneumonia, but then they started to kind of come out of it. Six weeks later, COVID breaks and we were in New Jersey, which was a hot spot. I, I'm just saying maybe they had it. I, we now my wife and I did not even get a sniffle during that sickness when they That's were sick. So weird. Yeah. And we were taking care of both of them. We didn't even feel not even a scratchy eye, nothing. So it's it's just one of those things. What what, what can we do? It just scares me. Yeah. I know it's it's. I, I feel for you think- for you guys and your family and your you know and your sensitive situation. Yeah, I you know I as everybody, I just want it to go away. I want life to go back to normal. I want to be able to. I'm still so frustrated. I keep trying to book our Disney trip and I can't do it. I can't. There's so many obstacles. I mean, uh, honestly, we're not going to go with the mask, you know, wearing mask and stuff. But even to try and book something for next year, it's freaking impossible right now. Like, there are so many road bumps before you can actually book your trip. And I even talked to a cast member, and she was so apologetic. And I'm like, honey, it's not your fault. I get it. But it's just, it's frustrating, you know, because we, we've never missed a year like in 10 years, we have not missed a trip. And I don't want to start. I want to go. Yeah, because if you do, let's just say, all right, first year in 10 years, you don't go. Uh, hey, we didn't get a chance to go that. But, you know, this year is already starting to fill up. Maybe we're not going to make it. I don't and now you're looking that. at two years before you go. You know, it's one of those things. I hear you. It's uh, We have to go. So I am, I am doing everything I can to figure this out. But um, we, we're supposed to, for Thanksgiving... Uh, we're supposed to travel to uh, my husband's neck of the woods and visit his family. So that's another thing. I'm like, okay, is that going to be safe to to travel to another state? And you know, by this time, is everything going to be calmer? And I, I, I have upcoming. I have a date. I have to go to in New Jersey. Okay, mm-hmm. a date I have to go to in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. A date that I have to go to in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> With all I'm a, these different women, how? Oh yes, yes. I have a, a uh, <laughs> autograph engagement in each one of those states so far, okay. and, and including and Virginia. So we'll throw those four in. So I'm going to be traveling through four states in the next month and a half. Are you doing the one that you discussed with me with Shane? That is on the books, but I don't know if Shane is that. I will be in Pennsylvania, but I don't know if Shane will be there because that date had to get moved to November. So it's supposed to be the end of October. Now it's November 7th, mm-hmm. which I think you're busy that day. Uh, November 7th, right? Isn't that, don't you have a, uh, <laughs> a day? I Do I? I don't know. I don't know what I have. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, I, just still, it's, you know, I'm going to be traveling through four states and I've traveled through each one of those states already. Yeah. So maybe I'm just you know, a I'm busy on the 14th, a 14th. Okay. I couldn't I'm, remember. It was, Oh, and now I'm like, duh. No, it was the seventh. Now it's uh, November 14th. I'm okay. What Rob finds yes. out again. I, I knew it was one of those dates in November. So yeah, yeah. It's the 14th. But out of the blue, you know, my, my little baseball signing business has 
exploded. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Exploded. <laughs> because the queen retweets your stuff and she people does. people she see does. it and people notice. So I yeah, that, you're welcome. You're, you are welcome. Thank you. you I can't you're even welcome. begin to tell you the like it's it's the when you're hot, you're hot scenario for me. And I'm completely thankful of this because I don't take it lightly. I don't get a chip on my shoulder and I take it like this could be gone tomorrow. And I really like I I work my ass off to do this stuff, not because I'm going to I think I'm going to make a mint off of it. I do it because I love it and I really enjoy it. And it is I just can't even begin to express my luck I've been on lately. You know, it's funny you say that because that's how I feel about my career. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been working, like, especially during quarantine, I've been working more being at home yeah. than when I was on the road. When I was on the road, it's like I go out, I do my deal, I come home, I do my family stuff, right? I'm home, I'm not on the road, but I'm working. It, it seems like I'm working five days a week, like do, doing different things. Yeah. I, try, I try to save everything for the weekend because I know I have to gussy up on Fridays and now Saturdays with the OnlyFans. But if something comes in, I have to get it done. And yeah. I, I say to myself, I'm gonna I, I just push myself to do it because like you just said, it could be gone tomorrow. Just gotta ride the wave. Yeah, and ride the wave, make as much money as I can. And I'm enjoying what I'm doing. You know, I'm exhausted, but I'm I'm happy and I'm happy to be helping my family out. So and, it's and it's weird too to, to be for me to maintain, you know, my, my regular job. Yeah, but I, I'm now doing it in my basement <laughs> exclusively. I've gone into Washington D.C. a couple of times. <laughs> okay, well that's that's good, right? A few, just a few times, but like you know, I've got I I feel like I have this weird lottery that I won. Like my family's 15 <laughs> feet away from me, 24 yeah. seven. I get to go off and do these shows and and appearances and come back and and be here. And it's just so, it's weird. How, how long is this going to last? That you're working from home? Ooh. Don't know foreseeable future awesome no, <laughs> still that's great. oh it's it is you know i mean look we've been doing this uh, for a year we talked about last week and you know for me it, you know how it was i would say hey you got me friday it's my easiest day of the week you know i, I would literally clear the workload to friday sure. to get to it you know get to us so we have a clear morning and um it's like now it's it's just i'm here i, I, <laughs> I don't know what else you to say it I just, it's, it's so weird. It's, but I, I mean, I do miss work camaraderie a little bit, a little bit, but not enough to, not to enough where I'm like going to be like, you know, please let me in, please. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a, take away from all the horrible, horrible things of this virus. There, there are some good things that came out of it. Yeah, I would agree. I, and I hate to say that because I mean, it's terrible. Don't, I'm not justifying the virus. I'm not saying it was a good thing, but <laughs> Um, you know, there are some revelations that have happened. And I think if the virus did not happen, I don't think we would have pulled the kids and started homeschooling. And, and this homeschooling has been such a blessing for us and for our children. And, um, it's, it's just, it's amazing how the stress level has just gone down in this this household. And, um, so goods and bads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Goods and bads. But, um, I just, Pray that it goes away. Just go away. Yes. We hate we've, you. We've had enough. Get out of here. Although I, I, I'm kind of on board for my wife and my older daughter to go back for the 50-50 model. <laughs> I love working from home. It would be nice if it was a little quieter at some points of the day. Just a little bit. 
I like that they're here, but a little bit more quiet sometimes in the day. So are they? Is she? You're. She's yeah, not both of them. In at all? No, both of them are on paper for return at one point. Uh, one October, one no, oh no, one November, like first oh, week, daycare? and then one November. The daycare is fine. The daycare has been operational. Oh, okay. But, um, for Maddie and for oh, my. Liz. You're yeah, and for Liz, okay. they they're one week apart in November when they go back for the fifty fifty model. So. Wow! Does Liz teach in Maddie's school? No, two oh, different okay. counties. Okay, and uh, two different counties, although they're separated now by one room <laughs> upstairs, where you got one county's over here, one county. Oh over yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So oh, one man. big, so one crazy. big happy family. But yeah, I digress. So what are you gonna do. So today's an interesting show uh, because now we push the pause button where we are presently, and yeah. we're going to throw it to a canned interview that we already have done, which is awesome, with uh, with Nova, yes. who has been on our list of guys we wanted on the show for almost a year. Yeah, no, Nova is uh, Nova is a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, and and I say good friend. A lot of these guys, I since I've been off Facebook for so long, I just haven't been in touch with. You know what I mean? But he's the kind of person that if I picked up the phone and said, hey, I need this or can you do this right away, he would do it. So, yes, Nova is a good friend of mine. And we've been talking about him coming on the show. But, of course, he has a real job <laughs> and it's hard for him on Fridays. So we finally got a Saturday where everybody can get together. Cause it was usually us who couldn't do it. Yeah. We couldn't, he, yeah. He, he could not ready. make the Friday. Yep. He couldn't make the Friday. We couldn't do the Saturday. So this time it worked out, have him in the can. Um, super, super guy. Uh, I will not call him Simon Dean. I said this in the interview. He is not Simon Dean. Simon <laughs> Dean is dead. He will always be Nova to me. So uh great interview, very candid, uh, uh, just a great guy in general. Yeah, so stand by. Uh, Nova is ready to roll, and we will uh, we'll see you in uh, in just a couple of minutes. Here's yeah, here's Mark. Nova. All right, here yeah, we go. <laughs> Can you move back a little bit? Well, I don't know. Hold on a minute. Here. Your face is just. <laughs> I'm all the way back here. <laughs> not too far back, because then we don't want to not hear him. So as yeah. close as we get a lot of Nova, Nova then that's fine. <laughs> no, can I just say I have not seen you in in years? It's probably years. Been- why is this so zoomed in on me? What the hell's going I on? I don't know. You? Your face looks huge. What kind of joint are you running here? <laughs> oh, I, oh I, let me announce him. This is, I didn't this even, is my friend. Do you want to start? Do you want to do it straight? You want to do a no, hot we're intro? we're going from here. All right, this then is, go from here. That's fine. My, do a hot intro. My, I'm not calling you Simon Dean ever. No. This is my yeah. friend Nova from ECW. Everybody, because now this is just between you and I, buddy. I have not. I have not seen you or or talked to you honestly in years, I, I, except for like text messaging. Yeah, we, I, we haven't been in the same anywhere. We're, you're in like no. the East Coast. I'm in Kentucky. So I know, I know, and I always wanted to tell you when you come up uh, to visit your brother and your family, you should always stop by. But I'm mm-hmm. off Facebook now, so I never know what anybody's doing. You guys are in Delaware. You, where are you at? Delaware? Where are you at? Uh, no, we're in Jersey, but I'm not going to say where over this Tell me later. Yeah. I will tell you later. Yeah, Joe, yeah. you guys are, I come up. They're actually coming here in like two weeks to visit us for Olivia's birthday. But I usually come okay. in the summertime and sometimes at Christmas. So. Right. right, but I, I left Facebook because I couldn't take it anymore. And when I left there, I didn't even I, know I t- you did. You totally. He's such a dick. He will heal me, heal me to no end. But I was I like, when he, you did. Come on. 
Don't, I'll tell right, that well, story. You, you were under I'll your case name on there? Mm-hmm. You weren't friends. Yeah, you, your phony name I was had on to. there. Yeah, you had like had weirdos. To. You, you had weirdo. avoided that for a long time. Like suck, like getting sucked into that subculture of the weirdos who come after you guys, like the women of wrestling. You actually yeah. did way better than most because you avoided it for like ten years. Well, because I took a leave of absence for ten, <laughs> and years, you didn't but... look for it either. Most of these markets, oh, no. most of these markets, look for it. So you didn't. I'm now not... they have to pay to see you. <laughs> it's true. Damn yeah, great. <laughs> Give me a free Meeves membership. Oh, OnlyFans.com slash ECW. Give me a free a Brees code. If I knew how to do that, I, I would. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know how to maneuver my page. Um, anyway, how have you been? What have you been up to? Let's I'm let's good. start off. You're good. Yeah, yeah how I'm old, good. I'm... How old is Olivia? Olivia will be 11 years old on October 23rd. Isn't that crazy? Do you remember when you guys just had Olivia and you called me and yeah. you're like, hey, hey, queen, what are you doing? And I go, I'm breastfeeding. And all you, all you hear is, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's around, Olivia and Molly are around the same age. Like, they're they, less than yeah. yeah. She's 11 and, and my son's eight. 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 Yeah. Yep, he's eight. So. Is that um, crazy? Yeah. They're, they're getting too old too fast. That's okay. I mean, we age well. We didn't we didn't come out as misfits and weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just a natural what what a shock that we actually have normal lives and kids and we didn't turn out to be dead. Drug addicts, weirdos, misfits. Losers. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> Every time I would speak to him, whether it be on the phone or text or whatever, he would always say, We're so normal. We're we're yeah. like the most normal people in the locker room. I'm like, pretty much. <laughs> And it wasn't – here's the thing about it. It wasn't weird because nobody made nobody ever made anybody in ECW feel like they were an outsider or like a piece of shit or anything like that because they didn't partake. Right. If you want to do your drinking, your drugs, your ratting, your craziness, whatever you did, no one cared about any of that. It was the most right. like weirdest, non-judgmental group of people I'd ever been around in any setting, in anything I've ever done, in the real world too. Because we were accepting of their lifestyle and they were yep. accepting of ours. It just, we were all friends. It didn't matter what you did or what you didn't do. We all just got along, you know? Yeah, no one cared. No one was like, oh my God, you didn't smoke. You're not cool. Or you're not, you're not, you're not doing coke or you're not ratting or like what? No one cared. No one cared about no. any of that stuff. Let's go Nor back. Have. Yeah. Let's go back like before ECW. So for those who don't know, Nova has a twin brother named Donnie B, who I haven't seen in a probably. He'll do your show one day. He'll come on your show. I, I would like to have him on my show. Yeah. Um, You'll play so- a damn. <laughs> that's not happening. Um- He's a <laughs> Yeah. That's- we need a few more sponsors uh, before I could start paying. Let's guests. start with one. <laughs> Let's start with one. Exactly. No, I have two. Hey, Manscaped, really? Manscaped yeah, doesn't, uh, you know, there's no... Joe's insurance, insurance company and what else? No, no, this is our year anniversary, kid. We've been on the air for a year now. I had no idea this even existed until you contacted me a couple months Such ago. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't yeah. follow any of this. Horrible. Yeah. Um, let's go back. So uh-huh. when you, did you both get into wrestling at the same time? Did you guys like train together? No, so... What, have, we had a friend of ours named Rich. So I graduated high school in 1990. 
Me and Donnie B had a friend of ours named Rich, and there was a brand new wrestling school that opened up in New Jersey called Iron Mike Sharp's School of Professional Wrestling. If you don't know who he is, go look him up. Famous old timer veteran. Mike was awesome. So we used to go there because Rich signed up, and we would watch we would watch him train and practice because we were fans too. So probably after about like two or three months of this, Mike kept asking us to get into the ring. So finally one day I tried it. You know, I was like a little fat, nerdy wrestling mark kind of. I was like, oh, I'll give a shit. I don't care. So I kind of liked it a little bit. Donnie B tried it a little bit. He never liked the physicality part of it, but he was part of the school. He got into like managing and being part of like the wherever I went to do shows on the weekends, he came too. So it was like myself, him, Rick Ratchet, uh, Devin Storm, Ace Darling, Lucas, yeah. our whole Rocco Dorsey. <laughs> All of us together. We did all the Dino Santa shows. That's where I first met Dreamer, uh, a bunch of the Northeast Indie guys, because that's how you started. Like, you went to a school, you bounced around, you sent your tapes out to Dennis or Dino, or you worked for uh, down in Baltimore. You just worked for Tommy D in Staten Island or Mike Dano. Like, whoever had shows on the weekend, you just get in a car and drive. You brought your gear back. If you got 20 bucks, maybe. You got to be on the Battle Royal, whatever the hell you could be on. Right. But, you know, so we were – that's how we started. And Donnie just never got into the physical part of it because it's not for everybody. And no. then uh, that's how you – you met, I, I never met you before uh, before ECW. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Like, even, you didn't start with Gary and them until when? I, well, I started in 93. With JT? I, uh, JT Smith, and I uh, trained with Stevie. Oh, okay. So you start like a year I, – I started in the beginning of 92. So yeah, I started I, about I, a year I, after, yeah. You never crossed paths until ECW. No, I only went down to the arena to train. They had the, you know, the the ring that was in the back, yeah. and I. Boy, used that, to was train. that was. I mean, that was it. Was, that, honestly, that's how a lot of them were. Like somebody had a building, a warehouse, a school, like something like that. When I see these things now, like these state of the art performance tra- center, Christ, these state of the art <laughs> training facilities, yeah, and not even WWEs. Like other guys that have these amazing schools and all these. I'm like guys. I mean, I, Mike Sharps was an old boxing ring. That got converted to a wrestling ring, and we didn't right. know about it. So it is a different time, and di- we're not going to be the old times. that pound our fists and say, "Hey, this is when we did it." But it was when I tell you it was different. It was different, and and it's interesting you say that because I think about this often too. Do you feel like twenty twenty five years ago, if it was that way, then do you think you would have made it? Uh. I don't like know. Like having to do the, like the, cause I watch, I I've seen them like the, you know, the, the girls and stuff go through the performance center and the drills and this and that. And the other thing I was trained a lot different, like for us, it wasn't so like um, strict, so to speak. It was, uh, it was it's a little more, more that's what it is now. Now it's like, Hey, <laughs> like when I came down and was part of OBW, it was, hey, 8.30 in the morning training, more and more regimented doing drills and cardio right. and all that stuff, which I don't have a problem with that. Like, right. even now, when I oversaw the developmental system, I actually, you know, that's kind of what we were moving towards. But I think the people now, it's easier to get into it. It's harder to stay in it. Like, it's easier to get signed. It's harder to stay signed. So mm-hmm. that's their penance, so to speak, like getting signed off the street. Or they did another sport, or whatever the hell they did before they the, before they learned they had a lifelong dream of wanting to be a wrestler, brother. Right. Uh, if this is what they have to do to come in and be part of it, you're doing drills and cardio and up downs and tackles and all that ten thousand stuff because they're not doing any of this stuff anywhere else. 
Like they're not getting matches. They're not doing shows anywhere. So, I mean, that's the trade-off. Right. But the way you said I would have done it. Were... You would have done it. Yeah, we well, we would have no, done it. Me and you. The way you said you were a fan and you would go and uh-huh. you would just watch, right? Yes. And they said, oh, come in the ring. He said, come in the ring. Would you have gone if you knew like that it was like this? Like you, he just said, get in the ring on a whim, right? And you were like, yeah, let me try this. We, yeah, you, we would go all the time and watch it. Mike said, hey, give it a shot. So I got in the ring and ran the ropes a little bit. And then Mike helped right. us out. Mike was not a, uh, we didn't have time to, hey, everybody get there at eight o'clock at night. That's, you know, the, the classes were later at night. And uh, none of the wrestling schools were like they are now, though. So, no, but was it in the back of your mind that you wanted to be in this business? I kind of thought it was pretty cool, but it, okay. it was so beyond like, you know, we had a dad who had a garage door business his whole life until he passed away years ago. My mom was a stay at home mom. Like, we had no relatives in the business, no family. Right. I sat at home watching Hogan versus Andre at WrestleMania 3, always a young Mark fan. Like, it was so, five foot ten at that point. 200 something pounds of like a little nerdy comic book sci-fi nerdy fat kid. It's never in a million years enter my head that I could actually be a wrestler. Okay. <laughs> so for Mike's to jump in the ring and screw around, it was cool. And for me, it was, Hey, this is going to be like my baseball, softball, like bowling league. Kind of Mike had shows at the school every two weeks. That's where I first met Stevie. He okay. used to come down to the Mike Sharp shows. So we would do those shows, and I was like, this is it. This is never going to go. I'm, I'm going to be like – I was going to school for mathematics and computer science. So I was like, this, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to screw around with this, and I'm never, ever going to do anything with it. I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, every, like, every time you ever got another milestone in the business, at least when we were in it, like you chalked it up to, wow, that's cool, man. I can't believe I pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Like when I stood in the ring at WrestleMania, I just kind of looked around. I'm like, that's it. Like I've just played for the Yankees. There's nothing more than this. I, I uh, We accomplished – the grandest stage. So everything after that was well, shit. I mean, now the kids now, I do think for the guy, the people that are in it now, I don't think it's going to be as crippling to them or crushing to a lot of them when they do eventually get released or quit or move on. Like people that came up in our era, which I think led a lot to the pills, the alcohol, the depression, all of that, because the spotlight got taken off of us. We didn't get to be part of the light, brother. We weren't in it anymore. These fans, like I hate to use this term, but like when I left the wrestling business, it, it was it stung. I can akin it to like getting divorced. So now, if you if you love that person when you got divorced, it really bothers you. Like these people now, a lot of them they got in for a couple of years. Well, hell, if they're in three to four or five years, and they're still like thirty or thirty one. They got out. They got the whole rest of their life. They're not going to give a shit that they were the WWE NXT or whatever the hell it was for uh, two years. They shouldn't mm-hmm. move on. Do you remember? Do you remember the last show that we did in Pine Bluff? And do you remember you pulling up in the car next to me? Do you remember what you did? No, refresh my memory. I remember the show because it was. So a I, show. I, I'm crying, <laughs> right? I'm so depressed. I'm crying. We all knew. We all knew. Every yeah, and everybody goes to the ring, and everybody's having a beer. You had that hope a lot more than most, though. You really did. Like you were an optimist all the way to the end. I tried because yep. Paul kept telling me. And okay, so <laughs> I'm upset and I get in the car and we're driving and Nova pulls up. I, I don't even know who was in our cars. And he goes like this, roll down the window. I roll down the window and he starts, he goes, although we've come. Oh yeah, to the end, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, because you were so sad. It wasn't uncommon for e- ECW, like I was 100% known as like the asshole smart ass 
smart Alec. Yeah, but like, you and I were always friends. Yeah, of like, course. Always yeah, friends. We all were. Like nobody yeah. ever really, like hated each other. Even people yeah, who had like no heat and had the quote unquote heat with brother. I never really hated any of them. There was a couple of them who rubbed me the wrong way every now and then. Yeah. But I never cared about it years later. Like to me, like Dreamer said at one time, like ECW heat died with ECW. And I always felt the same way. Like I just never really I don't know, man. It just I never there was there was no giant amount enough money for me to be so mad at somebody that I'd stab him in the back or finish him off or just be like, so incensed that they screwed me over for this pot of gold. You know what I mean? It was just it was yeah. full gold. I mean, we, we were there for the love of it. We all liked each other. We had a great time. I've been asked way more in my lifetime what was it like to wrestle at the ECW arena than I was ever asked about wrestling at the Garden, at a WrestleMania, in L.A., in Tokyo, and right. any of it. Yep. Yeah. A lot of the boys always say to me, you know how lucky you are that you worked for ECW? We would go yes. to work for ECW. Like, And I'm yep. just like, I do. Yeah, there's a lot of guys who are fans or in the business now. Like, guys, I'm not going to name all the names, but there's a shitload of guys who are in the business now who I met over the years who said to me, their goal when they got into wrestling was to wrestle for ECW. Like, it wasn't to be a WWE superstar, WCW. Nobody ever, first of all, nobody ever mentions WCW. Ever. No. That's not a knock because we both had a lot of friends that worked there. Oh, of course. I never had a single person that said to me, man, I can't believe it. WCW went out of business and that was it. Like, never. Like, there's talent on the WWE roster right now, like main roster talent who told me when they were growing up as kids that they were huge ECW fans that that's where they wanted to wrestle. How did you get involved with ECW? You mentioned earlier that you met Dreamer and Stevie, uh, you know, through your give training. You a good hint. We have a mutual benefactor in that, in Levy. Okay. So here's how it started. I was at a New Jack City wrestling show in New Jersey. Yes. Uh, Donnie, we were all there doing the show. late 90, It was the beginning of 96. Uh, the main event on the show was Levy versus uh, Mikey. Mary Kate was there. Her mom was there. Bella doing the t-shirts. Uh, everybody, was, everybody was there. So intermission comes, and I'm wrestling on the show. The superhero cape, the outfit, the whole deal, and a tag match. After Are intermission, you Nova? Are you yeah, Nova? Yeah, Supernova. Supernova, the whole deal. So I met Levy in passing. Just like, hey, what's going on, man, at, at the show? I never met him before. But Stevie was already teaming with him and stuff. They, Stevie was getting pushed in ECW, tag team champion all this time. Because I went to ECW Arena several times as a fan, even though I was at Mike Sharp, just like in the audience to see the show because Stevie would get his tickets. And I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Never in a million years thought I'd be there. (laughs) So Levy's on the show. At intermission, Bella says to me, hey, Nova, Scotty wants to talk to you. Because I was on early on the show. I'm like, oh, shit, what did I do wrong? And I only knew him at this point. He's like Johnny Polo and all that stuff. And Ray was like, oh, my God, why do you want to talk to me? So he pulls me aside. He's like, hey, man. He's like, this superhero thing, is it like, are you serious with this or what? It's like, this is like Adam West, Batman, kind of? I go, yeah. He goes, this is great. He goes, get me a tape of just your ring entrances, running around with the kids, doing cartwheels and all that. He goes, I want to show it to Paul and Tommy and Taz. I'm making a little group in ECW. He goes, I got Stevie there. He goes, we're getting this big fat guy from Philadelphia. named. I'm going to call him the Blue Meanie from Yellow Submarine. (laughs) I had no idea what the hell that was. So So this is 95? This is late 95, beginning at okay. late, yep. early, middle 95. Okay. So <laughs> I said, okay, I'll put the tape together. I go home, and this is when you had to have two VCRs to, like, record, tape, record. So I'm making this highlight tape of me doing my shit. 
And Levy says, hey, you know, uh, bring the tape up to Moon Dancers and drop it off for me. I'm like, all right, no problem. So I'm home and I'm looking at like the phone book and all this stuff. I'm like, what is Moon Dancers? Well, it's a strip club. Of course so, it is. So I put the tape together and me and Donnie B and Rocco Dorsey, we go to Moon Dancers one night to look. Now imagine us three walking in like our normal cities and all that, walking into the, the booby club to you go find a gimmick. Oh my God. <laughs> we walk in, there's Levy behind the DJ thing, putting himself over, doing whatever. <laughs> walk in, I give the tape. He says, Oh, thanks a lot, kid. The whole deal. I leave. Three days later, I get home from Wendy's. That's where I was working at the time. And my mom's like, Hey, uh, there's some guy named Raven or something on the answer machine. He left you a message. And I'm like, Oh my God, really? <laughs> so he's like, Yeah, hey, kid. Uh, you know, I saw your tape. Uh, you know, Taz and Tommy, uh, they really loved it, man. Uh, Come on down to the next arena show, and we'll see what we can do for you. So I'm already freaking out, like, oh, my God. So the next arena show, I go down there, and to this day, it was besides Olivia's birth, it was the scariest moment of my life. Walking toward the entranceway, where it was, and it was uh, uh, it was Ron, Ron. Ronnie Atlas was out there, and I said, hey, can you go back there and tell Raven that a guy named Nova's here for him? So like five minutes later, Ronnie comes through the curtain and goes, hey, come on back. I'm like, holy shit, here it is. I walk in the back. The first one that came up to me was uh, Beulah. She's like, hey, hey, I saw your tape, too. I saw it. It's really funny. You're the superhero, right? I'm like, yeah. I was like, hey, nice to meet you. And then Tommy came over eating a hot dog. He's like, hey, Dino Santa, how you doing? Because I knew him from Tom, from Dino's. And he hands right. me a hot dog and goes, uh, I love your tape, man. It's great. If you just want to start showing up to the shows, we'll have you come out to the ring with Scotty. You'd be part of whatever the hell he wants to do with this flock thing. Here's your first payday. And he handed me a hot dog. And I was like, well, thanks. And that was it. I just started going to the shows, uh, doing the flock stuff with Raven and Stevie and Meanie. And we were and looking back on it, we were nothing more than the window dressing to his act. But and, and that's what we were. I mean, Scotty brought a whole bunch of us in. Like we all, a lot of us got to be brought in as like extras. And then through the hard work and what we did to get ourselves over. We, we took the ball and ran with it. We got up. Everybody, right. there's so many people that would come to ECW and just kind of like showed up. They try to be part of the act. And you, I mean, Jesus Christ, we can name a ton of people like that. But that's how it all started. Do you feel like you said it earlier, uh, people just wanted to work in ECW? You, you had a pretty good career in WWE. Um, how did you get Tommy's job in the office? And which company did you like working for better? I know because the honestly, that, but I want people to hear. It. <laughs> I was always, I always. This is going to sound really crazy, but I'm telling you, take this advice if you're listening to this. If you can be try to be successful outside the ring too, and not just always come across as a wrestler. Like I always viewed myself as someone who was in the wrestling business. I never viewed myself as a wrestler, brother. I didn't. So I was college educated, I was intelligent, I was well-spoken, I was regimented, and I always tried to not only just worry about the working inside the ring, I worried about the working outside of the ring, which carries over into the real world. I tell my people all the time, the real world is a work. If you learn how to work the gimmick in the real world, you can get over. That's all that matters. So in WWE, I had been through OBW, I've been through the system, I've been well-traveled, I knew everybody in the independents. So when they were getting ready to launch ECW, Tommy Dreamer in an office setting was probably like somebody with a size 12 foot trying to wear like a size five shoe. <laughs> it just wasn't a good fit. This is out of his mouth. He hated it. 
The highlight of Tommy's day was walking around Titan Tower with thumbtacks, sticking him in his head to walk into the offices of the other employees who were there to freak them out. Or taking pencils and throw them in the ceiling and watch them <laughs> stick. <laughs> but Tommy helped out a lot of guys. Because right. you could, like, good old boy it kind of back then still. And uh, the minute they were thinking about relaunching ECW, I knew that Simon Dean, I was kind of burnt out on SmackDown. I kind of hate it going because it just was a miserable place to be. There were so many guys there that gave you a hard time, and it just was lousy. And today's environment is apparently a million times better. So I think a lot of the guys that are there now should be very thankful what they have. But there was a bunch Mm -hmm. of pieces of shit I was around. I hated going. And uh, they asked me the opportunity. I said, you know what? If there's a chance to be able to to be behind the scenes and help out young talent so they don't get lost in the mix to try to get them a shot, I I took it. So Because I knew I was never going to be a lifer either. I figured I'd be there for a couple of years and maybe then move on. Like there was no part. I'm 48. There was no part in any of my plan that ever said I'm going to be working in the pro wrestling business when I'm in my 40s. Ever. I never, ever thought. Yeah. I always wanted to do more. Always. Right. And I liked wrestling. Right. There's parts of WWF, WWE, like I liked. Uh, I met some lifelong fan, friends there. It was cool. And, you know, honestly, we grew up, we were WWE fans. Like that's the place you always wanted to wind up. So, so no. Nobody can ever tell us like something's impossible because even like when my employees do, they say something's impossible. It is that I hold up one of my action figures and I'm like, well, this was impossible. I'm like <laughs> getting to 25 new households for the month. That's not impossible, guys. This as like a fat Mark kid from Tom's River, New Jersey. This was impossible. I mean, you got to put stuff in perspective, right? So but I like I love there's just something about ECW being part of it. We just were all a cool group. I hung out with everybody from whether it was Van Dam or Sandman, the top guys, or talking to Paul, or even traveling with Randy in the van, or whatever the hell we were doing, man. We just all had a good time. It just there was never we were all in our early late twenties, early thirties, if that, traveling right. around, having a good time. I mean, you know, I didn't partake in a lot of the craziness that everybody else, a lot of the guys did. They, they had a lot more fun than I did in that aspect. But I got to see the United States, man. I got to travel. I had fun. I we had a great time. Would you have left if the company continued? I don't know because, like, when they were getting ready to collapse, we, we, we knew it was going south. Like, before the Pine Bluff show, I had already talked to Johnny Ace, who was in WCW. Johnny Ace had called me multiple times to bring me in the Cruiserweight division. So I knew ECW. And I was like, you know, Paul said if something happens, he's going to bring us all in, that kind of deal. Ah, that's cool, man. And – uh you know, it is what it is. But I was – if they had kept going, me and C.W. Anderson would have feuded over the TV title. I would Because right right when we collapsed, right when we folded, I was in peak physical condition. I was yeah. over. I had a huge following. I was getting one of the best reactions of the night. I mean, that's just reality. And go back and watch the pay-per-view. So my music would hit, the place would go ape shit. And I was – they, they just – because they, they saw me go from a flunky running around the ring with Scotty – to teaming with Meanie, doing the BWO, the metamorphosis through that, teaming with Chetty, all through that. And now, like, the fans felt like they took that five-year ride with me. So now I was getting ready to pay it off. Like, I was looking forward to wrestling Jerry Lynn and Van Dam and, like, all those guys in legitimate yeah. matches. Yeah. Like, real matches where the fans would have bought the false finishes. Not a shit would have been Nova from the BWO wrestling against Rob Van Dam. It would have been, like, Nova is kicking – the kick-ass Nova versus Rob Van Dam. I feel like we, you know, we had so much experience at that point under our belts and we had so much more to give. 
And yeah. I think that's why it hurt me so much the way it went under because a, we hung on for dear life. We sunk with the ship, right? We stayed, yep. but we, we had come so far and yeah. just all, all of us has, we've grown so much in that company and we were all at the top of our game, like you said. And then it was just like the rug was pulled from under us. And, and that pisses me off to this day. You know? Imagine buying stocks, right? So let's envision all of us are a stock. And over the last, over five year time, each one of our stock keeps raising and raising and raising, and the stock is about to go bananas, and then all the companies go bankrupt. Like that's how I viewed us. Like all of our stock was about to become Amazon, and then the company just went away, which is crazy because we had video game deals, action figure deals, the TNN thing collapsed. That was the shits. But I mean, yeah. there were so many things that went wrong that it was especially what always bothered me was. WWF buys WCW, so that's one of the competitors went away. So in theory, if we had been able to hold on for another like six months to a year, it just would have been us and the WWF. Do you have a theory? Because for me, I, I think back and people ask me all the time, and I never know how to answer this question, honestly. And maybe I'm just naive or I'm just dumb and I miss something. Do you think that Paul did not want to sell the company to, like, say, a Billy Corrigan who who allegedly offered him a million dollars to take ECW, right? Do you think Paul did not want to sell it because that was his baby and he didn't yes. want anyone else to have it? I do. I think that he ultimately, no matter what, like, look, I have no ill will towards Paul Heyman. He was a wrestling promoter. Here's the thing. Paul Heyman was a wrestling promoter and I wrestled for Paul Heyman. That's it. Our relationship never really went much further than that. He was a boss. I was an employee. Hey, Paul, what's up, boss? Like, that was it. Like, I mean, there was a lot of resentment. Yeah, was money owed after collapse and all that? Sure, whatever. I mean, but that's all, like, tan- it's not tangible money that I can – that was bonuses and pay-per-view and, like, all that stuff. So it sucked. But I'm not mad about it. But I do think, you know, at the end of the day, the company that Paul started went bankrupt and went under, and it went away. So I think that probably in the back of his mind, he always thought that they could salvage it or save it or something. I don't think he sat around at the 11th hour saying, I'm good. I'm going to get out of here and let them hold the bag and get the hell out of Dodge. I just don't – over the years, I've, I've changed my stance on that. I just don't – you know, it definitely bothered him too. Like there's no way on earth he didn't sit up multiple nights to be like, I can't believe this is happening. Because there was no guarantee that he was going to go walk in the door somewhere either. I mean, Paul didn't exa- – I mean, he had probably nuclear heat in some places with people and probably still to this day. There's that old, weird, old-timers to heat thing where people hate each other until they go to the grave. So, I yeah. mean – No, I know. I, I just never know how to answer that question because we were kind of in the dark for most of the, the ride. Always. You know what we I mean? Like, we just – we just showed up and worked, yep. and if we got paid, it was it was a bonus. And if we didn't get paid, we would just all sit around and we said we'll buy get a pizza and give it to the next guy. Buy, buy a pizza and share slices and just yeah. kind of hang out with each other, you know. If we sat but, there at the end of the night, and when Debbie Beaumont came walking over or sent Finnegan or, or one of the guys at Pee Wee with your little paper check and gave it to you, and you opened it up and there's a couple weeks worth of pay on there you're like yes and then the big rib i used to go to sound guy randy live near me yeah so me and sound guy randy would drive up to jp morgan mellon uh, bank i think it was mellon bank of chase we would drive up to woodridge you know we would drive up to that woodridge bank parking lot and wait there on monday morning for the bank to open up because we knew the deposits (laughs) for the weekend were in that account 
And once a whole bunch of us went in and got our checks, by 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, that account was going to be no good. Yep, so we'd be sitting in the parking lot at 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning waiting for the bank to open at 9 so we can run in there and cash our checks. Yes. Me, that 100% Dawn Marie, Dawn Marie beat, and I did that once. We, we beat Mahoney there a bunch of times. Mahoney came. Like, he would call me at 2 o'clock. No, what the hell, man? They said yeah. you guys weren't doing cash. Yeah. I remember Dawn and I, we went there, and we, we were standing there, and the lady's like, there's no money in this account. And we just looked at each other. We were like, how can there not be any funds? Like we're, there's no money in the account. It's just, uh, it's beyond my comprehension, but I know um, it sucks. It did. But what are you doing? Tell the people, what are you doing now with your life? I had for the last, I retired basically over 10 years ago. I, I, I've done like a couple little appearances, a little couple things here or there. I might do something for Kevin Matthews and his guys next year in Alaska with Meanie, <laughs> Donnie B had a rescheduled show that was for this year. He's going to do it next year in Lacey and uh, New Jersey. And I'll, I'll do that with Meanie. And that'll probably be the last physical thing I ever do. Uh, but I work no in conventions. I do a couple conventions every now and then. But even then, like unless Meanie wants to do it or Stevie or something like that, I really don't want to do them. Um, I've been very blessed and very lucky. Like I worked really hard the last decade in the financial field. I oversee a branch of a financial institution here in Louisville. Uh, I have a great job, great benefits. The company loves me. I love the company. They take great care of me. So I don't really hustle the convention circuit a whole lot or do a whole lot of those because there's a lot of people that I worked with who are still in the wrestling world who never really got out of it. I'd rather them make the money. I honestly don't care. Like even when it comes to the T-shirts and some other stuff, Kevin asked, hey, do you want a pro wrestling tea store? Do you want to do this? you want to do that? I'm like, nah, let, let the other boys and girls do it, man. They're good. I've been lucky. Uh, you know, I just, I, 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 I've been pretty wise in my investments. Uh, I did pretty good with that, but I've always, even at the height of whatever you want to call my career, even at the height, I was always preparing for life after, like I just never had any faith that it was going to be a long road and there was going to be a gigantic pot of gold at the end of it. Because for most people in the business, there's very few that can lead the industry and continue to make money by just being themselves. Like, they have to find something else to – like, Undertaker is not going to be hurting. But a bunch of these people who are NXT for a couple of years and they get out, like, right. you can't tell a promoter, hey, I, I need $500 in trans because I was <laughs> so-and-so NXT on their weekly TV show. It's just not going right. to work. Yeah. Like, you've got to find other things to do. you got to find a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Like, find something to put your energy into. And if you've made mm-hmm. it through the business – and you've learned the lessons from the business, the, good, the hard lessons and the easy lessons. If you learn, build up your toolbox with learning how to cut promos, learning how to work the gimmick, learning how to read people, learning how to re- read a room of people, learning how to get over, learning how to be charismatic. If you learn how to do all – how to be confident. If you learn how to do all of that from wrestling and you put that in your tool belt, you made more than just a paycheck. And yeah. people don't always take stock of that. He's a smart guy. I'll I'll put him over right Absolutely. now. He's a, he's a smart guy. We always talked about life after you and I. Yeah. So I, I think we did pretty well for ourselves. And yeah, you're married, you got kids, mm-hmm. you look great, you got Thank shit going you. on. I mean, like, come on, let's be honest here. Like we are that's how many people from our era are dead, bankrupt, underground, nothing. I mean, it sucks. It really sucks to talk about it. It does, it's terrible, and I hate it. But mm. uh, it, it's I just feel like and I hate when people blame wrestling for it because it, well, why 
Oh, are we blaming wrestling? Am I am I crediting wrestling with my success in life? Yeah, I am. And I'm also crediting good decision making, a good upbringing, making good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wrestling helped me out a lot, just like it helped you out. Like you don't meet your husband if it's not because of wrestling. Yeah, I, you don't I, have I right. <laughs> I, I feel. I feel like, uh, like you said, it's the choices that you do make. And for me, we we were tempted, so to speak. We we could have yep. made poor choices, but we chose not to. Um, so I always thank God that I just had the right mindset not to go that certain path. And, and the path that I did choose brought me to what I have now. So I'm very blessed, as are you. Um, you know, we, we, we always joke about it, but we are two of the lucky ones. Yeah. And, and um, we have to give credit where credit is due and credit ourselves uh, because we made the choices. You are we going to be remembered as ECW Hall of Famers or like, oh, my God, the greatest workers of all? No, no, we're not. But we should be remembered as people who always worked hard for the fans the fans we loved the business we loved our friends in the business we had a great time and we made out of it one piece we made a couple bucks we made success of ourselves outside of it look to me is as impressive or more impressive than saying oh my god he was the greatest wrestler of all time or oh my god he was so great like we're good parents you're a good wife you know i'm single uh, it's just... Hit him up, ladies. He's single. <laughs> He's single and ready to mingle, guys. I gotta be. On you know, can I can I say something quickly? So, I mean, I've interviewed you a couple times in the past. The last yeah. time I saw you was uh, the Pat Buck show uh, in New Jersey with Road Warrior Animals, an outdoor show. I don't know if you remember that. Oh man, like I remember 20... that. That was like, yeah, that... yeah, yeah. That was a great night. But here's what I'm gonna just say to anybody listening, aspiring wrestlers, people who want to get into the business. Anytime Nova does an interview you should study it and you should listen to every word he says, because he's basically giving you free advice. And that's anything I've ever taken from an interview you've done or a story you've told is like, you literally give the beginning, middle and the end of what, like how you should approach getting into the business or staying in the business. And I I love it. Every time you do something, I'm there. I'm right up front. I started in 1992. I literally over the course of my career was a trainee, a trainer, I built wrestling rings. I set up wrestling rings. I booked shows. I booked territories. I wrote TV. I was a head of a developmental system. I was a talent that wrestled for every independent wrestling promotion in the United States. I wrestled in 50 countries. I wrestled for all the major promotion. I was basically in the ring with almost every top 50 superstar of the last 20 years. All of that. And I did it and came out in one piece. So usually when I talk, I mean, I'll talk to people. I'll give as much advice as I can. And if they don't listen, I'm cool, man. I wake up tomorrow and can go to work. Like, I don't yeah. – I just tell you what I think yeah. I would do, and I'm usually right. And I hired a lot of good guys. Like, I hired Kofi Kingston, Drew McIntyre, Santino Morella. Uh, I hired a whole host of guys. that, And I also – I still to this day will talk to and mentor a lot of younger guys in the business, some in WBF, some in Ring of Honor, some about uh, Impact. And then they'll shoot the shit one day. They'll – Hey, no, but can I run something by you? Because you know it's going to be stay between us. And I'm giving them – when you leave the wrestling bubble, as crazy as it sounds, and Francine will 100% know what I mean, when you leave the wrestling bubble, your mind becomes clearer. You look at it differently. You're not as so, like, mind-warped by it. Well, you're, you're smarter about the business. You're just smart about how things would work, how things would click. 
You know, my mm-hmm. friends in AEW, I tell them all the time, if this was 10 years ago, I'd be sitting there right next to them as an agent on the show taking part of something at their building because it's awesome. Like Frankie Daniels, the Bucks, all those guys, Cody, they're killing it. And I love it. I'm proud of them. But uh, it, when you step away from this and just take a breath for a second, you know, if you're a young wrestler out there, just don't – you're going to get hired. You're going to get fired. You're going to get pushed. You're going to sit in catering. You're going to not do anything. You're not going to have – your. this is a, a work sport run by the ultimate marks. And all we can do is control our look, our attitude, our image, our how we show up to the shows, how our, our attitude is to our opponents. That's it. Nothing else you can control. None of it. Get in. Don't get hurt. Make some money. Have fun. Get out. And there That's is it. life after Literally, wrestling. There huh? is life after wrestling. Correct. I love my life. And I love. I love traveling the world. We, Francine, we've seen stuff that we'll never forget, and we've done things we'll always remember. But exactly. now, a point in my life, with a ten-year-old daughter, a great job. I do about a thousand hours of community service work a year. I mean, I'm all over the place in Louisville. And I wouldn't trade any of them for anything. Exactly. I, have a, I had a great time in our careers, but yes, every journey we take is preparing us for the next I, one. I, I so. 100% agree. I, I am so glad I finally got you on this show because um, I asked you a while ago. and We just couldn't find the right time. Did I pay Fabian? Probably. No, you didn't. You said <laughs> anything for you, Queen, but then I didn't, you know, then we kind of did our own thing. But I'm glad you did. Uh, I did your show you. 10 years ago. That's when we did a show for your sister and that's all that. I was, yeah, that's when I was... Yeah, my sister and my dad had passed. It's 12 yeah. years, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, that was one of the last one. That was the last time I ever stepped in the arena. And when mm-hmm. I did it, I said, Me I too. will never... Yep, I said, I will never wrestle in the ECW arena ever again. I never did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I... There might be something, and I can talk to you off the air later, but there might be something that you might be interested in for next year that I'm going to keep you in mind. Yeah, for. figure so, it out. For you, I'll do anything. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, thank you for coming on. This was fun. Thanks. Um I hope to see you somewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we'll figure, we'll figure it out. But tell your brother yeah, we'll and everybody I said, yeah, tell everybody I said hi and uh, just keep. Tell keep me who else doing. you want to get on this. You want Donnie or some of the other ones, whatever. We'll, we'll get you a bunch of guests, whoever you want. We'll get your ratings up. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> All Later, right, buddy. Nova. Take care. All right, guys. See Later. you. Bye-bye. And we're back in the real world here. And how great was that? That, that was, was hilarious. That was so insightful. And you know what's great about it? He hasn't done anything in such a long time. So no. I, feel, I feel like it's it's an exclusive Right. Yeah. Very weird. So the, uh, he was on with us on the two man power trip and I can't remember why I couldn't make the interview. So he did it in the car. Right. Talk to John <laughs> the whole way, checking into a hotel, getting food, the whole thing. And I missed it. So when I met him at the show, I had mentioned at the end there with Road Warrior Animal. Yeah, I got to finally sit down and, and chit chat with him and like, oh, my God, I just literally, like I said, I can listen to everything he does. You know what I miss a lot about him on Facebook? It used to be um, him and his brother, Donnie B, who we touched yeah. on a little bit. Um, you know, one of them, Nova likes the Cowboys and yeah. I think Donnie B's a giant giants. Fan. Yeah. Yep. And they have like the roach bowl. They call each other roachy <laughs> and they would have the roach bowl. And like every week, like if, if Nova's, if Dallas lost, Nova would go into hiding and like, he wouldn't pick up the phone and Donnie would be like, pick up the phone, you roach, you know, and it would just, <laughs> they would roast each other. And if the giants lost, you know, Nova would make fun of Donnie B. That's what I miss. Uh, the camaraderie of the 
of the brothers. They're hysterical. Um, but yeah, Nova's a great guy and a great talent and a good friend of mine. So uh, that so, was a fun interview. So it was well worth the wait. It, it it's, it's good things come to those who wait, and that that was a really really uh, really fun interview. So thank you, Nova. I- I neglected to mention the time uh, that my uncle and my cousins um, uh, got his autograph in the Columbia airport and he oh. knocked over his bag of chips that he was eating to sign their <laughs> autograph. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my, um, that, that made me think of a story of uh, one time my mom was somewhere and she had asked the gentleman who was holding a cup of coffee, could you tell me what time it is? And he goes, sure. Spilled his coffee to look at his watch. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. <laughs> Same difference. That's but, uh, so funny. Yeah. Well, what's Simon Dean doing eating a bag of chips? Um, He's supposed to be the fitness guru. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to. That was Nova eating the chips, not Simon <laughs> Dean. It was, it was Nova. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Come on. So, not even a little bit for Simon Dean. Not even not, a little bit. Not even a little bit. But not, you know you know what uh, you know what I want to um, segue into? Look at this. Oh, Yes. Look at See, this. my whole basement's redone. I didn't grab mine. It's over by the door. I, I am always prepared, <laughs> and I remember. Look, if, without me, kid, you'd be nothing. I this know. Tip jar mask has saved my life. I'm glad it not, has. I have not caught COVID nineteen because I'm wearing my tip jar mask, and um, it comes in all these beautiful colors. Well, I only have two down here because I've been wearing the other ones. But um, look at these fun colors. That's, I mean, they're fun. You know, the uh, the kids when they're going back to uh, school will have their tip jar masks as well. Yeah. I have my my camouflage tip jar masks where yes. a portion of your sale will go to the displaced uh, bar and restaurant workers, the service workers, if you will. Uh, yes. There's my fancy tipjarmask.com that I wrote there down you. on a piece of paper. Absolutely, <laughs> but, they come in this beautiful uh, sealed uh, sanitary plastic and i'll tell you what i had to put on a paper one and i felt like uncomfortable i felt like i was sucking in like paper and i had my glasses on that day and i was fogging up my glasses as i was wearing i was like frick this stupid thing yeah (laughs) and the paper one the the ear things are the elastic and they cut my ear and this one is material and it just it's very comfortable they're stretchy they fit like a glove it's like wearing a pair of underwear on your face i'm telling you if you guys need a mask it's such a good cause to um you know to um help out the the workers who have not been able to work. So tipjarmask.com is the place to go. Absolutely. And you know, anybody that you help out who helps out us is it's even better. So in the coming yeah, tell weeks, them we sent you. Tell them yeah. eyes up here sent you. And, and and they didn't give us a promo code. They didn't give us anything special. They just want to encourage people to go to that site because it is helping out these displaced workers. But if if there may be something with a promo code coming soon, that you got to help us out with and use the damn promo code. So just, well, just set you up for a few weeks down the road. <laughs> until then, we, you know, we don't. Do we, do we have another? Coming soon. It'll be in a, in a couple of weeks, but we'll have Say a nice, uh, yeah, nice, nice big old reveal. And like I said, promo codes awesome. where people have to help and do their part. Oh, I like us. it. I like it a lot. Okay. So, so before we head to the wrap up, let's do some Disney. So Disney, I, I need to pull it up because this was a lot of information. Um, did you hear about the layoffs? No. You did not? I did oh, not. Oh, well, okay. So um, Disney fired or laid off 28,000 employees. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, I, you know, California is still closed. 
Right. Uh, they they have not reopened, and now uh, Bob Iger, yeah, he quit the re- uh, California Recovery Task Force days after the huge Disney layoffs. So um, it, it's it's scary because now with all the people laid off, like I, I, it's up in the air when Disneyland is going to reopen. Um, they're saying treat theme parks the way you treat other sectors. Okay. How do you how do you take that? I, I don't know. I, they're telling California officials to let Disneyland reopen and to treat that the way you treat other sectors. So I guess other parts opening, of the yeah the state that are opening. Yes, if you're opening up, treat Disneyland the same way and open up Disneyland. Now you know we haven't heard anything coming out of Disney World with any people catching. You know the crowds have been up. Um, if you're watching the videos, you know, it's Halloween season down there. And like I said before, decorations are everywhere. It's, it's starting to get more crowded and the social distancing, they're still trying to do it while you're getting on rides and stuff. But now I notice, like in watching these videos with like the parades, they don't have the full parades, but they have little, you know, little floats coming down Mm -hmm. and the cavalcade cars and stuff people are next to each other. So the social distancing, that's that's kind of a problem, but everybody is still wearing a mask. So some people say masks aren't effective. Some people say they are. I say just wear it just in case. Just wear that's it. You never take. know. That's my take on it, you know. Um, but yeah, Disneyland, there's nothing in sight that says they are going to open anytime soon. And all of those people got laid off. So, oh, uh-oh, um, Bob Iger's calling you. He's calling me. He's asking you to take his place on the task. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it's it's sad. 28,000 people. Yeah. Especially during this time, you know. They did not Um, have a magical day. No. (laughs) It is not the happiest place on earth. So who get, like, do you watch South Park? I have, and I, you know, I haven't watched it in years, but I recorded the the, the, the pandemic, pandemic special. I haven't watched it yet, though. So, so you know that Mickey has become like a character on South Park, right? No, that's how long <laughs> I haven't. I haven't okay, watched it. the last couple of years. So, um, I want to say like six or seven years ago, Mickey made a one-off appearance in an episode where they were kind of riffing on the Jonas Brothers. And As how, Mickey Mouse? Yeah, how Mickey, he comes in in like a little business suit, like a business attire. Like he's got like a short sleeve uh, <laughs> white shirt with a tie and like uh, khaki shorts. Okay. But he always comes in like he walks like Mickey, but he, you know, he curses and he's aggressive and he's mean. He's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and he's it's that he's the head of Disney, right? That Mickey okay. Mouse the head of Disney. So in the last two years, he's become like more of a regular character. <laughs> and, uh, He's got a big spot in the the pandemic special, but I wonder if that Mickey Mouse is the one who laid off all these uh, these people because he can be a little crude. And twenty eight thousand people is not you can't just issue somebody that uh, like twenty eight thousand people that laugh and say have a magical day at the end. Of right, it. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Um, I just feel bad for all these people who who lost their jobs. It's it's just it's horrible. It's really bad. So, and it was an all theme park. Uh, it the article did not say it just says 28,000 layoffs for Disneyland or I'm sorry for Disney in general. So I'm, I'm assuming a lot of those uh, firings are, are in the park, uh, but it could be it could be people in the office. I, I don't know. This is uh, this is South Park's Mickey Mouse. If you could see. Oh, he's mad. He's got like a, let me see. there you go. Ah, 
Oh, he's so cute, though. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got the little business he's suit cute. on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this week on Dancing with the Stars, it was um, Disney night, which is my favorite night of Dancing with the Stars ever. And um, Carol Baskin was voted Is off. she, is she, she one of the Lion King? And uh, <laughs> of course she would. And uh, she got voted off finally. So, um, there's my other tidbit about Disney, but Disney night is so magical. The women dress like princesses and the characters and, oh God, it's such a gorgeous evening and I love it so much. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> mm. I can't believe you don't watch the answer. I, I was thinking about something we could do for Patreon soon was like watching something out of the norm for, you know, you for or for, for me. And yeah. that, if we were to make a list, that would probably be the top thing. I, I love that it. Or the dumb mask singer. Are, uh, I've never are seen these the shows on Singer. television. <laughs> Let's watch one of those. I've never seen it, but people rave about it and say how great it is. Well, if I you want to believe conspiracy theories, the mass singers, what's conditioning people to wear the masks? <laughs> Wasn't there a show connected with the mass singer called I Can See Your Voice or something, which makes no sense to me? Did you? Right yeah. over my head. I have no I, idea. I think it's called <laughs> I Can See Your Voice. And I was like, how can you see somebody's voice? But I think you have to be. Yeah, we'll do that one week in a few weeks. I'll pick the show for you and you pick the show for me. And we'll just watch a segment each together? And we'll, we'll, no, no. We'll watch the show and we'll come back the next. Like, we'll watch. So during a week, the preview. All right. On, oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, okay. You tell me you watch this. I tell you you watch that. And then we Great. do an episode where we talk about <sighs> what we watched. Okay. I mean, I'll go easy on you. I still want to watch some sort of horror movie and get your review of it and uh, see how no we sync up. No but uh, I think that could be good. You pick some off-the-wall show I wouldn't watch in a billion years, and I'll pick a show that you wouldn't watch in a trillion years. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds good. My uh, hubs just got a show for me um, called Nikki Fresh that I can't wait to watch. It is with um, Nicole Richie. Remember her in Paris yes. Hilton had that yeah. gimmick? Yeah, the, it looks adorable. So that's my next conquest. I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to binge watch Nikki Fresh. I think she's a rapper. So she's supposed to be oh, a rapper. Okay. Oh, it's like a spoof? Like it's a yeah. jokey? Okay. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it's a, it's a little sitcom. Um, so uh, it looks cute to me. She She's back. Way to be, Nicole Richie. What? Oh, it's on Quibi. Oh, on Quibi. Whatever Quibi is, but... Um, yeah, Quibi's gone. another one of these like offshoot uh, TV what, networks. Baby, it doesn't matter if it's on the moon. My husband gets it. <laughs> we got yes. it. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it, baby. So. Have I have I told you how much I love him lately? Because I don't think I've said we it. We all enough. do. He loves you. <laughs> we all do. Uh huh. So yeah. So I didn't think I mentioned it lately, but I, I thought I should. Maybe I maybe I, he I hasn't told you lately, but he loves you. He's <laughs> laughing. Yeah. So um. Yeah. And um. I know this will air this this will air Monday. after yeah but tomorrow which is Saturday there is a challenge that I'm facing and I'm scared to death of it but I'm going to do it uh, I've never drank tequila straight Oh boy never I and, have <laughs> Okay so on OnlyFans every week I do my um live streaming and I always, you know, you accept tips on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. And because I don't get naked or anything, it's pretty hard to get <laughs> tips on there sometimes. But I always give away a prize, too. For I pick, like I used to do on YouTube, I will pick a name out live and somebody will win something. And um, so one of my members said, oh, you should drink tequila. 
And I said, I never drank tequila. And he goes, oh, well, we'll tip you. And if you make your tip, you you set an amount. If you make it, you have to do shots live during the live stream. So tomorrow I will be hopefully drinking tequila because I hope that I make my tip amount. So <laughs> Now I'll tell you what I, my past with tequila. So I've had it obviously in drinks, you know, with something. I've had it in a Long Island iced tea. Yeah, love Long Island iced teas. Haven't had them in years. I say uh, having a Long Island iced tea is like eating a cheeseburger. Just It's like (laughs) smorgasbord of a bunch of different things. Like David Hasselhoff (laughs) eating a cheeseburger on the floor. Let's say that. So my biggest fight with tequila was my 23rd or 24th birthday. And um, uh, John, if he was here, would tell you all about it as I (laughs) – I had a rough day and the tequila shots came out maybe like 10 minutes after we got to the bar and we, we got there around eight something. We were gone by about nine fifty oh, because no. I was puking my guts out. How many did you drink? Oh, I think like six, oh, some, oh. seven. I, I was, and, and I still, to this day, I can remember how just out of it I was that, they threw me. We went back to uh, Liz's house. They threw me on the bed. <laughs> I face planted down. I was puking the whole ride home. I was puking in the the oh, stall of the bar. God. There was just people like peeing all around. It was horrible. So then oh, they now I'm they frightened. so they throw me on the bed right, and they start doing like wrestling moves to me. They put me in the crippler cross face. They put me in the ankle lock. Bunch of marks. <laughs> and I was I was dead. To the world. Wow. I have not had tequila straight since then. That was like 2005. Well, <laughs> Maybe 2004. <laughs> uh, we we bought the Rocks new tequila. No, oh, okay. It's supposed to be smooth, but I don't know the difference between anything. So I, I just told myself I'm going to eat a hearty meal, have my belly full of food, and yes. then um, I'll and have drink a ginger- water. Water, and I'll have a ginger ale next to me, too, because I, when I get upset stomach, ginger ale does the trick. But <laughs> Please um, text me when you're done so I can get a status update. <laughs> I'll send you the film. It's going to oh all be God. on film. <laughs> that's great. It should be fun. So, well, yeah, good luck. Thanks. I appreciate it. We'll talk that's, about it next week. That's on OnlyFans. All right. Well, we'll head to the wrap-up <laughs> here. Uh, you know, again, this, this is on Patreon, so we'll give you the rest of the preview for this week of what we have Coming for you um, in this uh, Eyes Up Here uh, universe, Uh, first we are going to look at some weird news and some uh, kind of funny stories that I found. All have the same kind of tone to them, but... Just they're gonna you're gonna ask yourself some questions after this and be like, why? That that's all you're gonna say is why. Okay, I like. (laughs) So we're gonna do that. Then uh, on Wednesday we're gonna get a little rando. (laughs) Rando. And I'm just going to throw some questions at you that I've written down. And uh, it's going to be about everything. I have literally like I I pick stuff literally like I saw some. I'm like, I'll write that. That's a good question. Just to see what the hell you want. You're thinking. (laughs) Did you invent the word rando? Because I don't think I've ever heard it before you said it. I think you you might have invented that. Mm, uh, Let's say I stole it from somewhere. But for argument's sake, I did invent it. Okay. (laughs) And then we're going to close out the week with a watch along. Who are we watching? Kind of having to do with stuff we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. So we talked to Gary Wolf a few weeks ago. Right. Okay. We talked about uh, the one night stand last week where you came in and took care of business and beat up uh, Beulah. But we also mentioned the Shane shows, the hardcore homecoming series. So we're going to look at franchise with Francine versus Gary Wolf, November Rain. 
I have not seen this in years. So okay. I'm excited. That's great. So, they, so there you go. So that's going to be the watch along. It's a, it's like a 10 minute match. It's a dog collar match. I have some questions uh, just from my <laughs> viewing of it. Um, it was a part of the, the series of shows that you guys did that year. So, so we were on tour when this, this, this was, I think wasn't, this, this might've even been the last one. Oh yeah. Okay. November 5th, 2005. Where, where are we? This was, Oh, this one was in Philly. This one. It was in Philly. Okay. Sounds good to me. I haven't seen it. I don't even remember it. So this will jar my memory. Awesome. All right. Well, Fun. we'll talk all about that this week on uh, Patreon. So for anybody who's listening to the audio on Creative Control, that's what you're missing unless you join our Patreon page. You get the video of this show, plus you get all the extras that we post during the week. And then literally, I've, I still, I'm sorry, I sold this short. I said we had like 200 plus shows on our Patreon in video and audio. We have 300 plus. Huh? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> How could you miss 100 shows? Come so on. I'm sorry. I was looking at the old number. That's all right. Hey, the more the merrier. Exactly. If you have nothing to do during this quarantine, join our Patreon and you will have hours and hours of entertainment because, I mean, come on, I'm so entertaining. And Chad has his moments. I got a a a glimmer, a little little speckle. (laughs) So that's patreon.com slash Francine podcast. If you want to follow anything going on in my world, it's at Chad E&B on Twitter and on Instagram, if you want to check out the signings I was talking about, my website's ibexclusives.com. It's mostly baseball autographs, uh, signings I have coming up. Um, they're, it's pretty cool. And it's all linked to my baseball podcast, Diamond Conversations. It's kind of a mix of the two uh, things. But check it out. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll hand it to you, Queen. You can take us out of here. Uh, across the board on social media, you can find me at ECWD for Francine. I am also on OnlyFans at ECWD for Francine. I am on Cameo, uh, www.cameo.com forward slash Francine underscore ECW. And uh, anybody wants autographs or DVDs or merchandise, they can go to my Etsy store and all my information is on Twitter. Again, guys, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. And with that, that is a wrap. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.